0: Welcome to another episode of the Ironworks podcast. I'm Matt McBrayer and with me is Ryan Beavers. And uh, we are in episode season one, episode two. And we're going to be talking about chapter two in our book, Conformed or Transformed. And the chapter title is, No Lie is Innocent. And the uh, verse that we have at the beginning of that is Proverbs 12 and verse 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal with truthfully are his delight now this was one of ryan's chapters and so i'm going to toss it over to him make a few comments along the way and just uh lean lean on uh, his writing here so go ahead ryan
1: you know one of the things that i I did when i started writing this chapter was uh, focus in on that uh, verse as we have done with other chapters uh certainly and the idea of an abomination and the we've titled the first paragraph here your favorite abomination Now, that was meant to um, shock the reader, obviously, um, because it is a shocking term. You think about any abomination, whether it be um, idolatry, as we would think about in the Old Testament, or or homosexuality, or anything else that's described as an abomination. We don't want to have anything to do with that, right, Matt?
0: No, no, it's disgusting. We're like, no. So lying
1: is called an abomination. Yep. If it's an abomination to Lord the Lord, if we're being transformed, it's going to be abominable to us, shouldn't it? Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, let's talk about that idea of abomination. What do you have to add with that, Matt?
0: Yeah, you know, I think that when you think about this, um, lying is an abomination, but guess what? Lying is usually one of the first sins that everybody commits because – Think about when you're a child, you know, and you come to an age of understanding, and then your parents ask you if you did this or that, and you know that if you answer that question correctly, you're going to be in trouble. And so you know what you do? You lie. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of those easy ones that sometimes, you know, people won't even know that you did it, you know, if you, um, you know, are skilled at it. Hopefully you're not skilled at it, but, you know, um. Yeah, lying, lying is an abomination, you know, and God is going to judge us for those abominations, and um, you know, it's just, it's such an easy. Easy one to access as far as sin is concerned. You know, some sin is brought on by other things. Um, you have the sin of hatred. Um, that would be brought on by, you know, circumstances that you've let go astray. You know, um, you can think of other things, you know, lust uh, brought on by circumstances. Uh, you'd have to kind of be in the right scenario. Uh, for that to happen. Uh, Lying just is so much more easily accessible than than all the rest.
1: Yeah, it's easy to make it uh, habitual. It's it's something that, you know, not in every circumstance, a lie doesn't hurt someone we love in every single one, right? So, it's easy for it to become habitual because we do not see the results. Like, if I was in the habitual use of a, a methamphetamine, I would receive the um, the uh, the detriment from using that. It would become evident in my life. It would take yeah. all my money. It would destroy my health. It would destroy my looks. Yeah, he's and, got his as teeth, well by the way. Right? Yeah, <laughs> which is a good thing. But but I would see those more accurately. I might even die on the first dose. Right. Right. But lying, I could. Tell what? What do they say? A little white right. lie yep. to just people say that to justify it. A little white lie, and I might not see the results, and I may not even hurt anyone. Right. Um, so it, within my understanding at that time.
0: Yeah, you know, it's just you know you think about it, and it's like, oh, you know, I'm not hurting anything by doing this, and so it, it makes it easier to do in some regard. And two, um, because uh, you know, it can become habitual. You know, people just kind of do it. You know, I've known people. You probably have too, that um, sometimes they would lie when the truth is more interesting, and you're like, "Come on now, like, you know, seriously, what, what, why are you doing that?" Um, but um, yeah, no, we we need to uh, we need to hate this uh, sin, um, but it's one that's just like we said, it's it is easily accessible.
1: And I think that lying in particular, and one of the reasons that we started off first with uh, with this uh, topic um, with that regard was that, that lying is one of those Holdovers from the conformed lifestyle. Right. It's one of those things that maybe someone has made it so habitual in their life that they have become so used to lying, even sometimes lying rather than telling the truth when the truth would uh, be of no consequence to uh, to right. them directly. And it's one of those holdovers that some people hard shake. Some people have done it so often they don't even think about it when they yeah. lie. And that's the danger of, of this abomination. Certainly, it, sometimes it becomes so normal that it's
0: not even thought of. Yeah, you know, actually, kind of an interesting thing. I was about to say funny thing. It's not funny. No. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I've, I've known of, like, why was a youth minister? I knew of another youth minister that would lie in his um, illustrations and and i was like really you know like he said something one time and i was like really that that happened he goes well, well it really didn't happen to me almost like a comedian you know how comedian will will be like you know he'll be making a joke and it's as if it happened to him and I, we all know that you know it's a joke and it's not real and, and all that and, but this guy was taking the illustrations the same way and he so he's talking to uh, the youth of various congregations and he was saying this knowingly that it was wrong like he was just flat out lying and I think about that you know being a preacher now I wonder you know how many preachers you know um, do that you know how they they lie for an illustration I, I know that um um you know, I, I guess you know I can say this. I don't know, but my father-in-law uh, worked with a guy one time, and uh, he had been a youth minister too at one point in time. So I don't know all the details, and neither would I share them all. But um, you know, he he um, was working with a guy, and uh, and he would listen to this guy preaching, and he would tell these stories. And man, you know, um, he was always the hero of of the story. And you're like, wow, like this is a pretty interesting guy. And then one day he told a story where my father-in-law was present, and and uh, it did not happen the way that he said that it happened. And he was going, oh, I wonder how many times this has happened otherwise. And it was blatantly that this man was lying. And so, you know that's not good. We shouldn't do that. There's no reason to lie, especially... When you're trying to convey God's word, there's just no reason to do that.
1: Yeah, I never even uh, really thought about about someone uh, lying in, a, in an illustration, but I guess you know. In I heard once upon a time that there was uh, a preacher who was uh, using another brother's outline, right. And which, which we do from time yeah, to time. Yeah. We glean truth from from right. these things, and we develop our own. And sometimes, if it ain't broke it's not worth fixing, right? right. Um, to a certain degree. And but this brother had taken the entirety of the sermon, mm. including the illustration, and spoke of it like it was his own experience. And right. I thought, that's weird, you know, there, that yeah. and that it's not just weird it's a lie
0: yeah if you're yeah. telling
1: it as if it happened to you you know yeah. we'll say oh I've heard this illustration from brother so-and-so or I've heard this yeah. so, uh, this illustration from a brother who probably yeah. stole it from someone else let's be honest right, right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah that's the beauty of, of sharing those uh, those things but yeah if we were to present it as our own yeah. Yeah, that's that's a bold-faced lie certainly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah you know what's funny about that is uh, speaking of illustrations I've I've seen a lot of guys using illustrations that came directly from NB Hardman Know where MB Hardman got him, he got him from somewhere too, I'm sure. Um, But um, you know, listen, you know, using an illustration is not a big deal, but using an illustration of something that supposedly happened to you that didn't actually happen to you, Mm -hmm. well, that's just a lie,
1: yeah. And and I think that that's what we need to understand that it is always an abomination to lie, and there is no way that we can justify any lie. And what we've come up with, and and sadly so, is that many have used uh, hypothetical situations that they would say, well, imagine if this happened, imagine if that happened. And they will take them loosely from Scripture and try to apply Scripture to Mm -hmm. those hypothetical situations. And that's what we explored in this chapter. And the first uh, instance that we talked about was um, this idea of, of lying to preserve life. And what we need to understand is this, is that life, our physical life, Is not the most important thing. No, Right? Uh, It is a a false expectation for the New Testament Christian to do anything, including sin, to preserve their life or even the life of someone else. Right. Because there is no benefit from it. And and one of the hypothetical situations that we use is, well, what if someone comes to your door and they're saying, um, you know, are there any Christians or do you have a Bible or anything like that? Guess what? Our brethren have uh, have experienced this in the former Soviet Union. This happened. You know, they trained children to find little black books. It may have been Soviet Union, it may have been North Korea. I'm not sure which one, but nevertheless, either one makes sense. Yeah, either either one <laughs> would when the when the religion of the state is the state in a, mm-hmm. in a communist system, they're going to look for bibles and right. they're going to train children to go and find these things that someone may have hid you know the parents may have hid um uh, so that they could read it and keep it and, and 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 focus on god's word but this happened in in the fall of afghanistan to the taliban they were going around and, and checking people's phones to see if they had bible apps on there that that's one yeah. of the things we mentioned here so people would say well could you lie in that in that situation What what do you think about this idea of a a hypothetical situation to justify lying?
0: Man, you know, we should just never lie. I mean, even if it costs us our life, I mean, we wouldn't really do that with any other sin, would we? You know, well, we shouldn't. You know, we wouldn't want to do that with any other sin. Um, I remember the uh, debate that uh, Kyle Butt had with, I believe it was Dan Barker, um, that, um, you know, the question was asked, would you um, uh, rape a woman to save, you know, the world? You know, and... And, um, you know, Dan Barker said, yes, I'll, I'll do that. And, of course, Kyle Butt said, no, that would be a sin. It would be wrong. And so, you know, you, you don't do something wrong. Um, you know, that's, you know, what, utilitarianism, you know, the <laughs> idea of uh, the end justifies the means, right. you know. Um, no, you know, you don't do wrong uh, to do right. And that's what we see over and over again, Um uh, our movies these days depict a whole lot of that, doing a whole lot of wrong um, to justify the end result of doing something good. Um, man, you know what? It is never right to sin, it just isn't. Right, and that is not the circumstance that
1: we ever want to find ourselves in. But if you know we are people that are committed to truth, if truth is the standard for our life, which it is, if if we truly are walking in the light, well, guess what? We're going to speak the truth no matter what, and we have no need to 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 fear the uh, fear eternity. In in order to preserve, you know, a temporal uh, place where we are right now in these in these tabernacles that are they're slowly fading away. Now, one of the examples that we use here is the the story of the Hebrew midwives in the Exodus. And uh, a lot of individuals will come out and they will say, yeah. "Well, the the Hebrew midwives they lied and they were blessed because they lied." What, what do you have to say about that?
0: You know, so. Um I was actually talking to a friend of mine recently uh, about this, and he had written a paper on it. Um, uh, good friend, uh, Mark Day, over in, in uh, Flatwoods, Kentucky. But um, uh, he had written a paper on it. Maybe we can add this somehow to the show notes or something. But um, you know, he uh, talked about how uh, some commentators even mentioned that maybe it is that they didn't even lie. Uh, to begin with, uh, maybe it is that uh, they kind of conspired knowing that this would be wrong to go and kill these babies and the government's telling you to do something wrong. Of course, we, uh, we have evidence from the New Testament that, you know, you obey God rather than the men, Acts 5.29, you know, so um, don't, don't obey the government that's telling you to do something wrong, you obey God. And so, you know, the, the midwives, maybe they, they um, you know, kind of said, look, um, uh, you labor on your own. Uh, and um, you you can deliver your own babies or whatever somehow um, you know they they you know, basically uh, allow for circumstances to be that, that uh that what they say is actually truthful oh these women you know are strong and and uh they they have uh have their babies before we come you know and all this stuff uh, maybe it's a truthful statement and maybe it's supported by them actually saying look this is what's being um told for us to do and so um that may be it it looks like they're lying for sure um and it's not it's not justified. Their actions are justified. They're saying, "Hey, look, this is good. What they did, they saved the children." But if it's a lie, the lie is not justified.
1: Right. And when we look at the text in in the full uh, context of it in Exodus chapter one, I come to verse twenty one, and it tells me uh, the whole uh, the whole judgment that God has given. It came to pass because the midwives feared God that they made uh, that He made them households. So. Nowhere does it say because they lied right. that, that 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 was what was going on. Now I believe that, and we'll get to this in a, in a right. minute as well. But I believe that the God who created the universe that, that did that in in six physical days that we understand that this God is capable of preserving life. Mm-hmm. God is capable of doing whatever it is that He wants to do. So if, if we have that kind of faith, we can you know we can walk in 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 such a way where we don't have to engage in hypothetical situations of what we might do to preserve God's plan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's, you know, God, God, you know, we have to put our faith in God. And I think a lot of people uh, struggle with that just in general anyway. You know, oh, what am I going to do? You know, they, I mean, people do that all the time with a job. Mm-hmm. You know, they put their job before God. Yeah. Um, that you got to put your faith in God and know that God's going to provide for you. So, you know, same thing in all these situations. Um, God's going to provide. You know, um, you go back to uh, Daniel, and uh, you know, think about, uh, oh, what was that Daniel three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You know, they they uh, are um, uh, going to be thrown into the fiery furnace, and I love the response when they uh, are are you know talking to Nebuchadnezzar. They say, "Well, you know what? Our God can save us, but if He doesn't." Just know this, we're not going to do that. Right, exactly. And so God can save you, but if he doesn't, then just don't sin. Exactly.
1: And that and that was the and that is the the case in point for a transformed life that we are so committed to walking in the light we are so committed to being the the, the bride of Christ that lying isn't an option Mm-mm. I mean even when it comes to preserving physical life these faithful men you know they they were willing to uh, to see if God would do it if God could uh, could preserve their life but even if he didn't they still would not commit well another abomination in idolatry right so. All right, let's talk about our our, our next instance, and it's probably one of the most popular ones that I see yeah. from people that try to justify lying, and they'll say, look at the look at the uh, example of Rahab. Mm-hmm. The, the Rahab lied and because she lied, well, God blessed her because she preserved the, li- the life of the spies that were sent into there. So, when we talk about uh, Rahab, we, we would probably look at Hebrews 11.31 because some people will use that to try to sanction lying. And it says this, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Mm-hmm. Now, does the text say, by faith, the harlot Rahab lied, and and she didn't perish because of that. No, it's be, it says that she received the spies with peace. Right. So yeah. what do you have to say about that idea?
0: Yeah, you know this is uh, one that's come up a lot. Um, I think for probably every preacher, you've got to be able to answer this one. Uh, hopefully, everybody's answering this one right because it's a pretty easy one. Um, lying is never uh, justified here. You know, the lying itself is never condoned. Um, you look at, um, you know, again, in James 2 and verse 25, which you have this in the book, likewise, was, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by her works when she received the messengers and uh, sent them out another way? And so never is it that uh, spoken that, oh, well, she lied and that was good. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I like to keep things in the context. I think that's really safe to do, yeah. you know. And um, you think about this. What did she know about the um, Israelites? She didn't know much, did she? She knew what God had done she for knew the God Israelites. <laughs> yeah. And you go, hey, you know what? I want to I be on his side. She didn't know much more than that. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know all the ins and outs. She doesn't know that lying is wrong, probably even, uh, because there's a lot of um, religious groups out there uh, that would condone lying in certain situations. I mean Muslims in particular say that you can lie um, basically if you know it is gonna you know produce the right outcome, you know and so uh, typically for them, of course you know it's uh, spreading of um, you know you know their their beliefs. But uh, all that being said, you know she is not justified. Um, she's justified by her actions, not by her lying. Mm-hmm. You know it's what she did. Not what she said, you know. Um, that's what's focused on here. Um, I I had I heard this illustration a long time ago, and I I stick to it because it's I think it's a really good illustration. Um, but I was at a lectureship, and someone mentioned um, that they were um, they had done some work in the inner city uh, ministries, and um, they had gotten this guy off the street. Became a Christian, you know, and so he was he lived a really rough lifestyle and he repented of a lot and he decided to become a Christian and and uh live for the Lord and. You know, this was um, a while back when uh, people would oftentimes say, oh, you became a Christian. Well, now in a couple of weeks you should preach your first sermon, uh, which I, you know what, I don't agree with. It's like, listen, uh, that guy needs to grow, I, so I don't support that. Right. But that used to be something that was done all the time. Oh, you okay, now you need to preach. And so this guy started preaching, and, uh, and he got all fired up, and he let out a curse word mm. while he was preaching, and he just froze and uh, one of the elders of the congregation stood up and said, uh, listen, son, we know where you've been. We know that uh, the kind of life you've been living and that you're, you know, uh, correcting your life of those things. Um, you know, just just move on. Just move on. We know you didn't mean to do that. And um, you think about it, there's a young Christian doing something in the heat of a moment and it was the wrong thing, but he's not you know he's not oh, that's fine, it's okay, don't worry about it it's it's a you did the wrong thing now, move on from it now Rahab she doesn't know anything about the Lord, she doesn't really know anything except for that God is good and has saved the Israelites in some pretty amazing ways mm-hmm. uh she knows some of that that but she doesn't know God's ways, yeah and so um she doesn't know. The ins and outs, and so she does something wrong, and of course, again, as we see it through the scripture, she's not, she's not uh, justified by her doing wrong. She's justified by the right that she did.
1: Yeah, and she's not, and she's not there yet. We would say, like she is. She is in the process of getting to know the glory and the power of God. Like right. she's, she fears God. Right. She knows uh, what God, uh, what God can do, and that they're next on the on the docket, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And because of that, and, and we consider her background, she's an amoritus, Right? She is a prostitute. Right? She is not. The moral example that we would look to as New Testament Christians and say, "Yeah, "Yeah, that's probably what uh, what justified her." Yeah, Uh, the same way with Paul. Like Paul thought he was doing righteous deeds when he Saul thought he was doing righteous deeds when he was uh, persecuting Christians, delivering them over to be killed. When he stood by as Stephen was stoned, he thought he was in the right. We don't go to Saul and be like, you know, Saul, he was he was he was sticking uh, firm to what he believed and right. that and that is a good sign. No yeah. we wouldn't cite that but yet we'll go to Rahab and then the lie she gave and take something that's an abomination and say yeah that that must be it. That must be the characteristic that we want to emulate.
0: Well and, and not only that but we don't go to Rahab's life and say you know what this justifies being a prostitute. Right. You know like that's sin too. We don't say oh yeah. that's okay. You know it's you know she she does something that's wrong and the the end of it is good, but she's only talked about mm-hmm. for the what she did that was good, not what she did that right. was wrong. She's she, not justified for that. She's not held up and glorified for the fact that she lied.
1: I'm glad you brought that up, Matt, because when you think about this, uh, the whole way that she's even able to harbor the spies is that she has made a living and got a home from fornication, right? So we don't we don't praise the prostitution that gave her the home to provide the shelter, so the spies could come in and hide from the people of the city and be let down out of the wall. We we don't make those connections, yeah. but yet sometimes we have even brethren that will right. go and say, no, it's the lying that is the part. And this this thing about this, we have to have, we have to be able to believe God. Right, we have to believe that God is going to do what He said. Now, the the spies certainly they knew God was uh, was going to do what they said, right, or what He said, and and they knew that God was going to deliver the Canaanites into their hands mm-hmm. if they walked faithfully, certainly, and and they knew that. So they didn't, they weren't the ones lying. Rahab didn't know that. She just knew that God had had roughed up some a, a couple of kingdoms thus far, mm-hmm. right, and um, and they were next. So let's get onto this idea. Let's talk about, this whole idea comes down to a temptation, right? Mm-hmm. And that temptation is, is common in every, and, and, and in most cases, people lie because they are tempted to lie. They are tempted to seeing lying as the way to prevent something horrible happening to yeah. them. Now, this is what the, the, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I wrote next to this and and I and I need to go back in my Bible and write next to this verse is find the escape yeah. you know we think about Joseph he was uh, he was one that found the escape in his life right he he could have been tempted to take Potiphar's wife he found his escape you say well how did he escape he he ran certainly and then he he was stripped of his robe and he was thrown in prison sometimes the escape is prison mm-hmm. right that's the, the situation that we that we find ourselves in sometimes we have to be willing to face dire consequences to maintain our faith, maintain our ability to uh, to continue in the transformation process that, yeah. that we are clinging to. The way of escape is always there, but sometimes it's it's not what we would think. Sometimes it's right. death. Sometimes it's hurt. Sometimes it's separation for a time being, and we have to be willing uh, to take uh, those things into account. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, you know, we, we just don't know. Uh, you know, the end result of all things, um, good or bad. You know, I, I sometimes think back to uh, when I was a child. Um, I, I was eight years old, I had a, a baby brother that passed away. And I think about that sometimes and go, you know, my life could have been a lot different, you know, if, if that hadn't have happened. And, um, you know, I, I think about that and go, well, you know, that kind of set me on a path to want to wanna help people. Um, you know in various ways and you know i wanted help for my brother but i couldn't get well i want to help people today you can't always help you know so but you know i that's you know a lot of reason why you know i'm preaching today um same thing you know like you you think about other things in life you had to go through other things to to kind of see oh that was that actually ended up being okay for me that ended up being good. That worked for good. You know, I think that that's a, a application from Romans eight twenty eight. But yeah. you know, um, we we don't understand uh, sometimes when bad things are happening. Uh, how much good can come from it? Right,
1: and it's how we respond. Yeah, it's it's always how we respond. Uh, Joseph himself, he could have been a he could have been a guy who just you know moped and and woe is me, my brothers, you know, sinned against me, sold me into slavery, and and then then I'm falsely accused and thrown in prison. All these bad things are happening to me, and he could just he could go and just give it as an opportunity for sin. But no, every single time God was with Joseph. Joseph maintained his. Int- Integrity right. and, and walk faithfully. What about Samuel? Now, this is this is one that that is used occasionally, and right. I think uh, this is probably one that I haven't seen as often. But I thought it was a a good example to look at in 1 yeah. Samuel uh, sixteen. Um, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about about
0: that subject. So yeah, so when you look back to um, several things leading up to chapter fifteen, uh, Saul is um, you know he's not. A good king, um, he's really not a good king from the beginning. He has like one act of good king, you know, ship, and then that's it. Um, and then there's some questions that go along with that, even as well. But uh, all that being said, um, he disobeys God, and then Samuel says, "You have been rejected from being king." You know, basically, he's told to go and. Utterly destroy the Amalekites. Go and do that. And then he saves back some of the flock, some of the choice choice of the flock. Um, he uh, preserves Agag. And so he preserves Agag, uh, presumably to humiliate him like the custom was. Um, but um, anyway, they, they preserve Agag. And and uh, Samuel comes up and Saul has the audacity to be like, well, I follow the commandment of the Lord. I'm like, well, uh, why do I hear all these sheep and the oxen? Why why do I hear those things? If you did that, then they would be dead. Um, And then, of course, Agag's there. Samuel goes and takes care of Agag, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, this is what you should have done, Saul, you know. um, So all that being said, he's being rejected from being king. And then um, when you get to chapter 16, you know, God tells him, you need to go and you're going to go and, and find me another king and and they said and he says uh 161 how can I go if Saul hears it he will kill me.
1: You think he's a little uh, a little yeah. worried about yeah. the circumstance and maybe a his concerned. own physical life.
0: Right. You know, kind of like those illustrations we talked about at the beginning where it's like oh what, what if someone, you know, uh, asks you a very hard question you know or you know uh, are you a christian all these kind of things um you thinking back to that you know what, what is he what am i going to say what am i going to say how can i go and then the lord gives a pretty good response uh verse 2 i have Uh, You know, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. This is what you're going to say. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint uh, for me the one I named to you. And so, um, you know, what's the answer? Uh, You just say you're going to go and offer a sacrifice.
1: Right. And, And when we understand that, we go back to what we just spoke about, that God provides a way out. And he gave Samuel a cover story. Right. And we appreciate this in our own interpersonal relationships, right? Uh, the need to know basis. Right. Well, we understand this even in, in our government, right? Like there's some people that have clearance to know all these things. Some people have clearance to know a little bit more. Some have a little bit less, so on and so forth, right? right. So we understand the concept of a did, did people, uh, need to know basis and did the people need to know every single uh, detail of what Samuel was doing there? Yeah, yeah. No, they didn't. It was not their business. Yeah. And and we treat the same way in, in, in our own lives. So I don't tell you everything that goes on in, in between yeah. me and my wife, and you don't no. do the same thing between me, because it's not necessary for you to know. So, when we, when we appreciate that, we can utilize the most pertinent information and maintain our integrity by telling the
0: truth. Right. I mean, you, I don't know. You... We, we just had Christmas and you may have gotten a Christmas gift for your wife and you may have gone somewhere even to, to do that well if um, you know like let's just say you're gonna to go to the jewelry store well is it your custom to go to the jewelry store I mean is that that gonna be somewhere that you frequent enough that if you go your wife's gonna be like oh no you know it could be anything just <laughs> ryan likes to go to the jewelry store you know yeah. um cammy's not going to say that you know? yeah so you'd have to hide that in some way so what if he said hey you know what i'm going to go get a haircut and then i'm going to go to the jewelry store and then when my wife goes hey where have you been i want to go get my haircut. yeah you told her the truth and you have taken out the information that you're trying to hide from her because you want to surprise her with a gift no. you're giving her the pertinent information And, uh, you know, if, if she were to ask you point blank later on, she couldn't say, you liar. (laughs) <laughs> you know right no
1: and that's the idea I went to I went to go get a haircut and I went shopping even we could yeah. say I went shopping and yeah. that's just a broad general sense and guess what it is a hundred percent truthful that's right and, and certainly not a sin by any means need to know basis we appreciate that for at Christmas time yeah. um, you don't want to spoil a gift in, in essence here Samuel is not spoiling a, a gift unto Israel right a king right. after God's own heart that is what God is seeking, and that's what he sent him to find. Yep. So there we yep. go. Very absolutely. Nice. So let's talk about this in our context. You know, uh, oftentimes the hypothetical situation is: what if uh, someone comes to your door, the government comes to your door, and they want to, uh, they want to find out if you're a Christian or if you're staying faithful. You know, um, uh, to that. And I think that we should be wise, like our counterparts in in the new testament even uh paul He understood this very well, that he had rights as a citizen of Rome Mm -hmm. that he appealed to, certainly, and we make reference to that in the Bible in in Acts chapter 25, verses 10 and 11. But in the same way, um, there are laws in this country that that prevent uh, unlawful search and seizure. We have Mm -hmm. warrants that have to be issued in order to search for uh, said things, and we don't have to answer questions without a lawyer present either, right? We are afforded all those rights in the Constitution. So, the hypothetical... The hypothetical situation is really uh, really lessened when we think about just the rights that we are afforded by our government and we know that we submit to the government uh, Romans 13 verses 1 4 tells us he is a minister of God and we submit as far as as it comes to not contradicting the word of God and we don't have to bow down and break our uh, break ours ourselves to uh, maintain uh, our following of their law if it contradicts God's but in every other situation we understand it's for our good and we have no reason to I was pulled over on a Saturday. I had no idea why. I was going to speed limit. I was following all traffic laws. I got pulled over. And uh, the officer asked me, he's like, do you know why I pulled you over? And, he said, you, and I said, no, I have no idea. And he said, um, well, you have a headlight out. I was like, oh, really? I just left my office. I am on my way home. And I didn't notice. I saw lights in front of me. Didn't, nothing seemed awry, so he's like, "Yeah, it's the front one up here." He says, "Turn on your brights. So I turn on my brights and and whatnot." He says, "Yeah, it's just this one bulb." So he says, "It's this one bulb," and he's pointing to it. I got out and looked. He didn't ask me to get out. He didn't command me to get out. But the situation was prefaced on truth. I told him the truth. I was casual. I had turned on my lights, put my hands on the wheel, giving him you know security and whatnot. I was calm, collected, nice, and we had a great interaction, great conversation, talked about the van a little bit, just fun stuff. And all of it started with the way we respond. If we're, our response is truth, right, mm-hmm. and we are people of truth that proclaim truth in the scripture, we proclaim truth in our life, we live truthful lives, well, it's going to, it's going to change a lot of the interactions that we have with, uh, with one another. We 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 can remember our rights that that they're good, but we can also diffuse situations. I, Matt, you had something that we talked about before we started recording. This idea of um, this idea of when you're asked that question, what could you say?
0: Yeah, you know, um, th- there's all kinds of responses. Uh, are you spe- specifically about the? Uh, are you Christian or something? Yeah. Are like you that? a Christian? Yeah. Any Christians here? Yeah. Are there any Christians here? But like, wow, uh, you're out looking for Christians. Okay, well. Um, Man, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of, you know, I, th- I think with well, the Jews, you know, they they were asking, you know, about the Jews, they'd come in, you know, are, do you have any Jews here? Be like, wow, that'd be, that'd be illegal to have Jews here. Wow, you gotta follow the law. You go, uh, you haven't answered their question. You've, they think you've answered their question, but you haven't answered their question. If it became illegal to have Christians in your home. You know, like, well, that would be illegal. You know, don't. You can't do that. That would be illegal. You, you're just you're know, repeating the law back to them, and you haven't really asked, answered their question. Um, you know. Furthermore, um, you're not really required to give everybody an answer. You know. Um, you don't have to answer everybody if you don't want to. Um, you know. There's there's lots to be said about that. And again, you know, the the fear of of life uh, or the fear of death. Um, is uh, the motivator here. If you don't fear death, you know, there's a little less to worry about.
1: Right. And even Jesus himself didn't give Answers all the time to certain right. people. There were the Jews who were seeking to entrap him, and sometimes he would turn the question around with them. For instance, mm-hmm. when when they say uh, when when they say, "By what authority are you doing yeah. these things?" and and Jesus responds, "Okay, tell me about John's baptism. Yeah. Is it from God or is it from man?" Yeah. Well, they knew they knew that the people regarded John as a, as a prophet, and they and they and they knew that if they spoke against him, that they turn the people against him. If they say it's from God, well, then they're giving credence to John's message including mm-hmm. presenting Jesus as uh, the, the Lamb of God. Yeah. So, they were stuck, and they couldn't go any further. Sometimes we turn the question around on the mm-hmm. questioner as a tactic to help. They can think about it later, and they can grow from it, but also, well, it's a way out of sin. It's an escape, isn't it? Right, yeah. All right. Well, we have uh, come near to the the end of the chapter, and we've we've come to this conclusion that lying for any reason is never approved in Scripture. And when we're being transformed, we're going to look more and more like our Father. And we know that for our Father, it is impossible for Him to lie. Hebrews six eighteen, Titus one two, Numbers twenty three nineteen all speak to God's inability to lie because. God is perfect, God is holy, God is righteous, and we are to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, complete, walking in the light as He has called us to do. So, when we look at that, there's questions that go along with this. We talked about the abominations elsewhere, and if we lie, can we hate abominations?
0: Well, no, you're you're actually loving abomination when you're participating in it. Um, no, we've, we've got to separate ourselves from that. We've got to separate ourselves from... You know, we would want to separate ourselves from any other abomination out there. Um, we need to do the same thing with lying.
1: Yeah, can we endorse lying? No. no can I we mean,
0: endorse no. doctrines
1: that are lies? No, no. No, we can't. No. Right? If we who love the truth are going to walk in the truth. Right. And when we consider this, we can look it through all the examples. And, and, and I think the last thing that we need to close on is this, is Revelation 21 and, and verse 8. And this is what it it says here. It says, but for the fearful and unbelieving, abominable, we've seen that term today, haven't we? Murderers and fornicators and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars. Their part shall be in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's some pretty rough company. We've had it in our head, and part of the conformed mindset in the world is lying is not that big of a, of right. a deal. Politicians lie. All of them lie, right, and, and the, that I've ever come across, that we understand that, that people lie, tell little white lies just to get along. But what God says is all liars will find themselves in the same circumstance, the, uh, the unquenchable fire as the fearful, the unbelieving, fornicators, all things are abominable. Yeah, we we never want to be a part of that. Matt, you have any closing thoughts?
0: No, uh, I think I think we've uh, you know covered this uh, fairly well. At least in, in my mind, I, I I can't really think of anything else. Um, but uh, you know, this is again, this is one of those easy sins that people get caught up in, and it's one of those sins that like um, you know sometimes you can get caught up in a sin. Uh, you do it, it's just one time, and then you. You know, are done, and um, you feel guilty about it, and and you go on with life, and you don't ever want to come back to it. Um, this is a sin that usually com- compiles. You know, you've got one thing, and it's seemingly small, and then you've got to you got to add to it. I remember uh, when I was in high school, um, my dad and I were talking about this. Um, uh, I think I had complained about someone lying and he brought this up and he said, you know, an an honest man never has to remember anything in his life. Mm. And I thought about that and, you know, the whole point is if you lie, guess what you have to do? You have to remember that lie. You have to remember it for the rest of your life um, because that lie leads to other lies. If you are an honest person, you just... Leave it alone. You don't have to worry about anything. Right. You 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 know it, it doesn't matter. You know if you forget something, oh well. You know if you forget a lie, you know oh, I didn't. I don't think I've ever done that, or I don't think that's you know. Right. And and um, and you might even get yourself in more trouble because you forgot a lie. Yeah. Um, think about that. You know if if that's a complicated subject for you, think about that in a courtroom testimony. You lie, then you're gonna keep lying you going to keep lying, and you might get find out, found out and get in even bigger trouble than you were before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. the only way that we can be in the truth and and stay in the truth and proclaim the truth is to let go of the, the habitual uh, sin of lying that makes us conform to look like everything else in the world and be transformed by the renewing of our mind.
0: Yep. Well, hey, thank you for joining us again on the Ironworks podcast, a collaboration with Scattered broad network, and um, we uh, next time we'll get together and we'll talk about gossip. So join us next month uh, for that uh, subject that really needs to probably be heard by just about everybody. Indeed, thank you.